Welcome to This Creative Life Radio. I'm Felicity O'Connor. Creative women all over the world are unblocking and recovering their creative journey while they rewrite the rules for creative success. Join me as I explore the lives of people engaged in successful creative work and unlock helpful tips that leave you inspired and ready to create. Welcome back, the lovely podcast listeners to This Creative Life. I'm Felicity O'Connor and as you know, I often have the total pleasure of having time to chat to other creative people, which I just thoroughly enjoy. I don't know about you, but I find um, looking at photographs of people's studios is one thing which I love, but also getting inside the head and experience and story of other artists is just really fascinating. And in my life, I've often found actually hearing those stories and listening to how other people find their way through this, all the sorts of things we as artists have to deal with can be really helpful and often just gives me some way to find a way through perhaps a, a tricky spot or an issue that I'm trying to deal with myself. So we um, are very delighted today to invite our special guest, artist Fiona Chandler, and I met Fiona through the Creative Women's Circle, which is a Melbourne-based um, organisation, but spreading its wings to Sydney and Newcastle. I'm not even sure if it's Brisbane now, but it's it's certainly getting out there and very well worth looking at. So they put on some live events for artists to do meetups and they have special guests. And so I rolled up to one of these in Sydney and was delighted to meet Fiona, who was the Sydney organiser. And uh, I've been to a couple of her events there and found them really inspirational. So in a, in a fantastic twist of fate, when we met last week, I said to Fiona, how about you join us on the podcast? Because you're a great podcast listener, Fiona, and I'm really thrilled to have you today. So welcome. Thank you for having me. That's my pleasure. And I think I'm right thinking we did meet there at, at the Creative Women's Circle, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's where you meet a lot of people, um, like-minded souls, I suppose. Absolutely. And I've got to say, I did, did feel that you were a like-minded soul for me, and not only just being an artist, but I, I, you know, loved your energy and what you were sort of getting involved in in the events for that, that group of creative women. I thought that was really inspirational. I just loved your style. And <laughs> so tell us um, about you. We, could, we can find you through those events. And, and again, I encourage people to check them out. But I'd like to know a little bit more today about your own practice, your story as an artist and how that unfolded and then we can talk about some of the really exciting other ventures that you're involved in such as a gallery on the northern beaches in Sydney at the end. But tell me, firstly, Riley, back to the start, were you born an artist, do you believe? Oh, goodness. Um, I, look, I do teach art now. I don't, I don't think so. I, I look at children and there's... They're storytellers at heart. They want to tell you something. And if they do that through words, pictures, drawing, they'll do it in their own way. I was a creative kid, but only in so much as you had to make your own fun. So I do look back now, goodness, and think all of my passions have kind of entwined. And so I use those as a resource. But looking at both my own children and the children I teach, I think most kids are really creative. They've just got to find their medium or their material or how to tell their story. Mm, mm. So you you sort of continued just making art as a child. Did you did you end up studying art? What happened there? Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> right up until the HSC came out, my parents thought I was doing business at Macquarie. So I've always had, <laughs> I've okay. always, I know a bit of a, a bit of a change. I've always had a love of um, both uh, business and 
art. Um, not that they interconnect overly much, but I couldn't decide which way to go. And then I did, um, I got myself a job at the opera company in Sydney and was making props. And I loved that in my school holidays and I thought this is what I want to do. And I remember, you know, I was very shy and I was probably quite useless. Um, it was my introduction to opera and I loved the fact that I got to make something that got to be used rather than mm. something that was purely decorative. So I thought functional was probably in my future. Um, and then I sat down to lunch with someone and she just turned around and said, keep going, go to uni, I'll give you a job when you come back. Um but this is underpaid, overworked, you have to love it, you, you know, a family doesn't come with it, all those sorts of things. I don't know whether she was having a rough day, but um, 20 years later I still remember that chat. Mm. So I ended up at Newcastle Uni doing um, illustration and design, which mm. I, and I loved that course. I thought it was really, really great. But, again, the commercialised side of me kicked in about three days after graduating from uni, um, realising I was going to sell out that quickly and um, switch over to design because I had travel I wanted to do and a place I wanted to live and all those sorts of things. So it took me a long time to get back to full-time art. <laughs> it's, it's really quite funny. I, I always thought full-time art was something I was going to do when I was growing up, mm-hmm. um, when I had more time, more planning, always more. And um, my husband we went away to live in Bali and for six months and we just took time out and I was working on my business. I had a design business back then and he just turned around and he said, look, you keep saying when you paint, when you're going to paint, you're heading for 40. When do you think that's going to be? (laughs) (laughs) Um, To him it was very, very obvious what I should be doing. To me I didn't feel qualified even with those couple of degrees behind me because I didn't have a Bachelor of Fine Arts. I had a a visual art um, degree and then a master's in design. So I kept thinking, I don't know whether people were going to turn up my door and tell me that I should start. I'm not too sure what I was waiting for. Mm. Yeah, so we came back from Bali and another girlfriend of mine said to me, look, you really should be painting. They're opening up Ringa Creative Space. Um, you could get a studio there. And I thought I wasn't qualified, but I would try anyway. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I left a lot of those application pages blank because I didn't have anything to write on them. But then I just wrote my story and I got one of the spaces. So that was the beginning. Fantastic. Uh, you know, the word that's coming to my mind is it sounds like you almost were looking for permission. I, I think so because there is that very boring element of paying bills and feeling useful and contributing and all those sorts of things. Um, and to do that transition, I felt... I had so much to learn and, and, and so many styles I wanted to explore. How do you take time out? But then once you start, you realise art is just incorporated into everything that you do. So it does work. Um, my husband's in recruitment and he, I kept saying, so how do I do it? How do I? And he said, just live a creative life. The rest will follow. And he's not oh, a piece of my being. Um, and he made me write it down. And I kept thinking, oh, well, thanks, thanks, Dal. You know, that, that, that's really clear. Um, <laughs> no one can do what you do. And he was absolutely right. So when I got the, the um, creative space, I thought if I can manage to spend six hours a week in here, that will be a start. So mm. I didn't, yeah, and that's what I started out doing and um, it all went from there. Mm. 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 So at that point you would have had some children by then? Yes, I've got four. 
Oh, you've got four. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> tell us about that because that's, I mean, I think particularly for uh, female artists and maybe, you know, in their sort of 30s, 40s, this is a thing, isn't it? How do we deal with this? How do we deal with income, our creative energy, our families? How, do you, how did you manage all that? I kept my design practice going and I managed my six to eight hours a week. Um, and then, you know, you always need more time no matter what you do, whether you're a parent or, you know, you're a worker bee and you have a different job or, you know, all those sorts of things. I think I just had to commit to it um, and mm. just say that's what I'm going to do. And I fit it in at night originally um, and I was only making little bits of headway and the creative space came with um, being allowed to make things but to come in contact with other um, artists so they had shows there every three weeks and when the new artists used to come in I used to almost ambush them when they arrived because they stopped there all day manning their show right for eight hours so you kind of have them to yourself and I used to just ask them lots and lots of questions and I find learning off others is um, a huge impetus for me mm. um, learning about the way they do things but it really comes back to the more and more makers and creators I speak to is just get in there and do it and work really really hard and that's the key so every three weeks I'd have ex- exposure to a different set of artists and I just did the transition okay. and once you start to see that as your job I found the design became less and my art practice became more. Wow. You really backed yourself. Well, yeah. I, mm. I, well, I had the, my family backing me as well. Um, the creative space telling me what I was doing was good um, mm. and that professional backing. Um, and then they made us have a show at the end of the six months, which is hilarious because I hadn't shown in 20 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is a long time. I didn't know my way around a D-ring. Um, I thought, <laughs> I know, I think about it now and they were so patient with me. But I didn't, I, I love paper. I love touching paper and I like working on paper as well. And so I had this thing in my head about not framing anything and which is bad. Because um, again, you're not backing yourself. But they they were good. They kind of taught me into framing half. And again, it's that learning curve. How how far are you going to go before you expose yourself in an exhibition? So mm-hmm. that was that was an amazing thing to do. And at the end of that, one of the people that ran it turned around and said, "Would you like another six months? I really think in the next six months you could do something really quite wonderful." So that extended, and that was a vote of confidence as well. Gosh, wasn't it? How, how superb. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think there's really something so incredibly important for us to be in community with like-minded, you know, creative souls. I, I, I'm a huge advocate for that. Um, I mean, you know, apart from running a Facebook community for practising artists from the easel, um, you know, I, I think just getting in and meeting and talking and, and, like you said, you know, not being afraid to ask those questions like what is a D-ring or <laughs> where does it go? I know. <laughs> Yeah, what a beautiful experience that you, you know, you just found yourself amongst such um, supportive people. And I think when you do find that, uh, it it just, it's gold, isn't it? It's gold to feel unafraid to ask and to be guided um, from artists that are a little bit ahead, you know, a little bit further down the track than yourself. So what a gift that was. So you spent another six months there and what happened? Uh, Well, during that, when I'd come back from Bali, so to backtrack a little bit, um, uh, workshops and all those sorts of things had started happening in Sydney and um, 
a lady called Megan Morton, who's fantastic. I had been asked to do a talk about women in business, which was really funny. And so mm. I, I said, oh, my goodness, I, I don't really know a lot. They said, tell your story, talk about how you're running your design business. It'll be fine. And I was like, okay, mm. well, how bad can it be? You know, it, it's a nice lunch. I get to dress up, look like a grown-up, I'll go. <laughs> so I went and they were really, really lovely. Um, there were three lady speakers and um, a room full of really willing ears. And Megan Morton came on by, after me and she's, in case you don't know, she's like this amazing stylist but she is just so encouraging of people. And so when I found out she was after me, because, of course, I hadn't even done my research, I didn't know, um, at the end of it she just turned around and said to me, I sat and listened to you, I really want to work with you. Wow. Keep calling me. She said, I'm busy. Keep calling me. I'd really like you to come and teach. And that was about the same time as I got the creative space. And I just said, I'm, I'm not a teacher. And she said, yes, you are. You just don't know it yet. Okay. <laughs> um, so it was a bit of a process. And then I started teaching watercolour out at her school. And she sat in on one of the classes and um, I loved it. She was right. I absolutely loved teaching. It was a fantastic experience. The people out there were really encouraging. Um, and it's just a wow of the day to spend a day doing that. And she just turned around and said, Fiona, why aren't you painting? That's mm. what you should be doing. And so there were enough people around me telling me that's what I should be doing that I just had to start listening. And that doesn't mean I don't have doubt day to day. Of course I do. I'm struggling with a painting here today. But it was enough encouragement to think, well, maybe that that's what I should be doing. So then I decided if she'd made me a teacher and someone else had given me a studio, I should pass that on. So I started a free artist-in-residence program at the local school um, for school kids to just put their name in a hat and I'd pull out 20 kids and I would put them through a term of um, art, all different kinds from street art to mosaics to murals to who knows? We did TV. So this is what like a like a sort of extra curriculum thing you just did. You just yeah, they offered. they weren't doing very much art at the school, and um, I was a bit concerned about that. And I again, you can I just didn't feel like I could mention it any more times without doing something about it. Mm. So the school was really encouraging. They basically said, "Well, we don't have any money and we don't have any equipment, but if you want to turn up, that would be great." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so three and a half years later, that's still going as well. And that has led to other uh, um, children doing pretty amazing things and other opportunities for myself to keep going, creating. Right, right. So you, you run that just, um, you know, for free and then you also you run then art classes separate to that for children? Is that, a th is that how it goes? Well, sort of, yeah, from, from that artisan residence program, which I do run for free, so that's a lot of dumpster diving um, for cardboard, et cetera. Um, <laughs> um, and, and the artwork they produce is amazing. Um, I bet. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And so from that I ended up with a couple of parents saying to me, could you teach my you know, my little girl or my little boy. Again, I explained I wasn't a teacher. Um, took on one or two. And now I have about 15 kids over about three or four days who I'm really attached to. So I don't have open books. That's all I can teach. Um, and my aim is to get them all to year 12. They dip in and out of art classes as they want to. Um, and they pop by my studio to um, show me their work and to have artistic conversations. Um, so I think they inform my practice actually much more than I inform them. 
Mm. It's amazing where the influences often come for us, isn't it? Not necessarily where we think they come. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I just, I mean, I picked up on something that, that you said, which I think uh, is actually really important for people listening in, which is about taking opportunities, you know, saying yes to things that you may not feel ready for or, you know, you don't think you are a teacher, for instance, you know, but taking up that opportunity and, and watching how it opens up further possibilities and further opportunities, I think in itself I've always found a very creative process itself and and you really strike me as as someone that's also discovered that that's a really good thing to do absolutely um someone asked me what six about three or four years ago they said you know you're practicing as an artist you're doing exhibitions etc um how do you how will you know when you're successful and that's a really difficult question and the only way I can answer that was I said I don't know what success looks like of course there's people I idolize but I do know what success to me sounds like Mm. and it it means my phone's ringing with opportunities so people asking me um, for help or um, would you like to do this Um, I think the excitement of being invited to a group show that you haven't applied for is so wonderful it's really really exciting you know you're hustling a lot you're creating opportunities both as a designer and an artist quite often and to have that um, be returned to you is a is amazing. Yes, really, really yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really is, isn't it? So, I mean, I think for for the listeners, particularly say our our younger emerging artists, you know, the the key here is to say yes and take those little opportunities that are coming because it snowballs. It really snowballs, and you know, I I also love the you know the hustle, but. Yeah, I just love the hustle, but I think a lot of artists don't kind of realise that that is a major piece of, of creating an art career or, or success in whichever way you see it. But that the hustle thing is important. I think you're really good at that, Fiona. Oh, thank you, I think. <laughs> um, you've just got to be brave. And, of course, you don't wake up every day thinking, okay, I'm going to tackle this one. You have your brave days and your non-brave days. But the payoffs you know, the people that you meet and the information that you get off them, um, it's just just incredible. So I think you need to do that both ways. You need to tell your story and hear others. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, you said to me, talking about just going back to your own process um, and, and the work that you're doing, I think you, you said to me that you do anything with water or anything in water or something like that. Tell us about the artwork that you're doing these days, what mediums and a little bit about your process. I'd be fascinated to hear. Um, well, the process, I, I'm still, I do draw dead stuff a lot, um, which doesn't Dead stuff, did you say? Dead stuff, yeah, it's always right. dead stuff. <laughs> You'll be really glad to know I don't do figurative work. But um, <laughs> I, I, I'm attracted to the natural world, so I'm constantly picking up things um, as I'm walking and that sort of thing and bringing them back to my studio. And sometimes I'll sit there for six months, but sometimes it, that will just be a whole body of work there. Um, my my process differs. I I still um, was trained as a designer, so I think deadlines really push me. Um, I'm not so good at just creating for creation's sake, so I'm always putting something in place for something. At the moment, I'm um, getting ready for an exhibition that's opening next week, which is quite alarming. Um, <laughs> so I'm finishing, <laughs> finishing off some works madly on paper because they dry quicker. So all the canvases have been done by now. But I do love water. I like the control 
of water or the lack of. So those artistic accidents that you can guide and manipulate. I like my um, artworks to appear incredibly simple. Mm. And then for the viewer to discover more and more detail the longer they're looking at it, whether they take it home to enjoy it or they're in a gallery, um, I like those details that get discovered over time. Mm. Um, I am using quite a lot of different mediums at the moment. Um, My favourite inks, they're not selling in the colour I like, a bit like when they stop a lipstick that you're dedicated to. So I'm experimenting with a few things. Um, And uh, I am looking at my pieces now and going, well, I can't really say I'm watercolour because even on the one I'm working on right now in front of me is ink, acrylic, um, watercolour, there's a bit of graphite um, and, you know, all different things on that. So anything that I can add water to and start manipulating, that tends to be what I'm sticking with at the moment. And, and you know, looking at, at your work uh, and much of that's uh, on your you know, beautiful stuff on your Instagram account, actually, if anyone wants to have a closer look at Fiona's work, it's Fiona Kate Simply Simple Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That's right. Fiona Kate Simple Gorgeous. Um, you know, there's some, there's some really, they're really sensitive, organic, I don't know, would you, I mean, they obviously they're, you're influenced by flowers, nature, that sort of thing. I mean, they're very ethereal almost. Is, is that the stuff you're working on now? Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it is. I think when I pick a, a flower, or I'm, and I find more and more so, um, my students or other people are bringing flowers to me, which I love, and they're just mm. going, oh, "I thought you'd find this interesting." Um, that's what I'm inspired by, and the details in them. Um, so they're not botanical drawings in so much as um, scientific. They're not photographic either. But those mm. details are very, very real. But sometimes I've just pulled some of the details that are very small and made them larger and really played with scale. Mm. Mm. Well, look, um, there's some absolutely gorgeous pieces, so I encourage people to, to get in and have a, have a look Thank at Fiona's work there. Okay, so tell me, tell me what it is that you love about being, what it is that you love about being an artist. Oh, it's the best job in the world, isn't it? Um, well, well, I, I think love so, it. but I'm, I'm curious about what you like. <laughs> what, what do you think? <laughs> oh, God, I love it. There's so much to love about it. And I, I, I do say even when I'm, I'm speaking at the CWC, I'm not sitting here in a, in a loft space with an artistic um, assistant who cleans up after me every day. It is very real. It's gritty. It's not very glamorous. But I just love the problem solving and the way the day changes mm. constantly. Mm. I like the fact that I have a little bit of control over my environment and what I am heading for and going to do. Um, oh, it's, it's just the most amazing job. I feel very lucky to be doing it. Um, mm. Yeah, and that reinforcement, the contact, I, I hear back from a lot of the people that buy my artwork as well and I love that so I don't think there's anything not to love um it's so stimulating that I do find that transition from being in my studio all day and then even having to you know do something quite pedestrian and go to the school gate and meet my kids that I find speaking quite difficult you know you've Mm -hmm. been in your headspace all day so you almost feel I don't know I don't know, not anaesthetised, that's the wrong word, but almost a little bit separate, like there's kind of a, a window between you and others um, mm. when you're in charge of this little space in that bubble and you're in your headspace. So to come back to earth and um, takes a little bit of a transition. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree, which which is really a good sign, I always think. It means that you've really engaged in the flow 
um, yeah. of, of that creative process. So, yeah, that, that sounds pretty pretty good to me. So having thought that this is the best job in the world, is it the job that you go to every day? Do you treat it like that? Do you turn up to your studio nine to five or, you know, school drop-off, in between school drop-off and pick-up or what happens? Um, it's, it is a little bit... Um different each depending on what I'm working towards so whether it is an exhibition or what's happening I do find the second half of the year tends to be a lot busier than the, the first half um, so at the moment I'm usually in my studio three full days a week and then um, in between that I do my teaching um, and then and what is really good, I curse it every week, but it actually is fortunate. So I teach in my studio space an hour, three afternoons a week. So I have to tidy up, put my stuff away and put my artwork somewhere safe for that time to happen. So that, that time makes me think about things differently so I have to tidy up my artwork has to sit somewhere and dry so I have to stop two hours before and I don't know if you can hear but the the hairdryer and the heater are on (laughs) my layers at the moment so that so it makes me go and do all those things that you forget are part of an artist's life so photograph Mm. the work upload the work um, go to the framers make sure it's all done what's my deadlines like have I filled in the form that my um, curator needs at Sydney Road Gallery all those extra little bits so maybe your professional part of your practice you know not your doing but your other other side but I'm definitely in the studio at least five to five and a half days a week but that could be spread over a weekend okay and digging a little deeper, when you turn up to your studio, I'd be fascinated to, to hear if you have a little routine that gets you into the, the morning's work or do you, do you just have, have a way that you start differently every time? Um, I, oh, if this sounds really weird, can we just wipe this bit? But <laughs> <laughs> Does it involve alcohol or drugs? That no, be- no, 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 alcohol. No, um, <laughs> okay, go ahead. That would be, that would be good. Um, uh, no, so I find I'm in my headspace and I never get to leave the studio when I would like to. So there's always another. So whether it's, you know, something like dinner or it's, you know, another, my other teaching job to go to, all those sorts of things. So I never go, my day's finished. So while I'm in in that zone, I write on little pieces of paper, tiny little pieces of paper, what needs to be done to that piece of work next. So when I come back in the next day, you can see an artwork laid out because, of course, my work is on water, so everything has to be flat, um, with all these tiny little notes to myself so it's almost like notes to myself from the day before so my train of thought can keep going so I don't come in here cold and go oh my god what am I doing I've got Mm -hmm. a little note that says drip green limes ready to go do you know what I mean so I'm almost talking to myself from the day before um and that's that's what I do I kind of make my morning self live up to my nighttime self from the day before that's, that's really fascinating, actually. So it, it keeps a continuing, continuing kind of thread. You, you don't have to spend that energy then trying to find out where was I, what was I doing. Absolutely. And for me, I have a pile of tissue um, so that I have to soak up all the colour. So it's a big pile of tissue papers that are in beautiful colours. So I know what's at the top of that is going to be the colour I'll probably start off with the next day. Um, and I find those little visual cues really helpful. 
Yes, yes. I think any cues, any routine that actually helps us move into the space creatively more quickly and yep. more easily is, is really helpful. Do you use things like music, coffee, <laughs> anything else? Uh, oh, no, I don't drink coffee. I'm a mad tea drinker. Um, uh-huh. I, I'm generally an introvert, so I like um, podcasts and I, I, did, I do listen to them avidly and it, it's, it is a bit, you know which ones you feel like and which ones you need at that time. A lot of them are professional podcasts, so they, I'm doing double duty trying to work out, I don't know, how to work my Instagram or um, I don't know uh, what an oil painter uses for their underpainting. So I listen to all different um, podcasts and that keeps me pretty stimulated. Um, mm. So otherwise I find that I don't know if you have this, but that little person in your head that's telling you you're, what you're producing probably isn't as wonderful as you're hoping. Um, otherwise, I can hear that little person and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I find I don't have that if I'm in a flow, but by the time I come back the next morning, she's well and truly there. It's like, what the hell okay. were you thinking yesterday? <laughs> it was supposed to be a good painting. What the hell? <laughs> that's when mine turns up. But that's another story. But, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Really interesting to hear how you, you you get around that because I mean I think it's a problem, isn't it, that we're all going to have to deal with. We have to move away into other areas of life or other people's needs or our own other needs, and we're going to have to find a way to get back connected to where we were and what we were doing. And for some people, that might be you know, a week later or even a few weeks later that they they get back to a studio space. Um, Absolutely. So any little yeah, any of those little tricks that, that we can share, I think, with other artists and people listening, um, the better. So thanks for that. That's really fascinating. Um, I'm, I'm just imagining with that you might leave yourself some little love notes as well, you know, like, well done, Fiona, good job. No, <laughs> Do you ever leave any of those little notes? No. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I, don't know if any, I don't know if anyone else is like this. I, it used to be the same when I was doing illustration years ago. You complete a body of work and sometimes you're a bit like, oh, I think that'll be okay. You know, that's probably the heights that I'll reach. That might be okay. And then when I'm, I'm planning my next body of work, I sometimes look back over that and go, oh, my God, how did I do that? So all of a sudden it's gone from being okay, I hope this doesn't sound big-headed, to, oh, that's really quite good. I don't think I can do that again. So it's mm. this ongoing roller coaster of um, emotions. My husband's very good, but he always says to me, I know you're stressed about this and you're waking up. But this is just part of your process. This is how you have to do it. Mm, nice. I mean, that leads beautifully into the next thing I was going to ask you, which is what do you find hard about being an artist? Oh, I think it's the best job on the, in the world, but I think it's a really hard one. And I feel shallow saying that because I'm not saving lives or, you know, changing the universe or anything. But I've, I find it a very big problem-solving job because mm. for me uh, my artwork's will end up in someone's home generally or in someone's space. And I think anything that you bring into a space has an effect on that and I want to have an ongoing conversation or an ongoing positive effect to someone. So I want to bring my best to that. Um, and so you're constantly evaluating. I, I you work flat and then I hang it up and then I look through several windows. I know I sound like a mad woman. Um, I try and see it from all angles. So I think it is difficult from that point of view because you only want to send something out that you're really hoping someone else will really thoroughly enjoy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's pretty challenging. I, I, I agree in terms of being the problem solver. I think that's exactly right. Even on a, on a small scale, you know, the solving the problems of one particular work and then on the large scale, solving the problems of being an artist and how you navigate your way forward in the business sense, you know, because we yeah. are business, we have to be somewhat, you know, involved in the business side of things, I think, if we want to grow as an artist. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, fantastic. The other thing I was really keen to ask you about today was the gallery that you're involved in and mm-hmm. I know that uh, I think it was you yourself actually that, that had some contact with the gallery I'm involved in, Art Gallery on Darling in Belmain, and the model that we have set up very successfully in that gallery um, was shared, I think you might have asked or it got shared with you and you've, you've kind of replicated the model quite beautifully on the northern beaches of Sydney uh, now called the Sydney Road Gallery, I believe. So tell us about how that came about, Fiona. Um, yeah, I did speak to Vanessa from Gallery on Darling just to, because she's so fantastic and she's always happy to share. The reason why Sydney Road Gallery came about was I, I felt with my artistic practice, a lot of, I started to look at the hours I was spending doing admin and that sort of thing, um, and that they were really, really um, eating into my studio time. I also had, because of I suppose because of the design background, I had people who used to call up and go, "Oh, Fiona, do you have a big pink one, or do you have a red one in this size? I've got a shoot coming up." And while that sounds very, very glamorous and like you know wonderful opportunities, the chances of me having a red one on that day and being able to deliver it at the drop of a hat were slim, even mm. though I really wanted to say yes. So I started to think about things like that and I spoke to a few different artists who had didn't have that styling design background but was finding the admin really um, uh, really encroaching on their studio time. And so I was trying to think of a solution to that. And alongside that, I had people who used to like to come to visit my studio, which is fantastic. But what they don't realise is I get really nervous before that happens. Um, it probably chews up another day in nerves, tidying it up, um, standing here in front of your own artwork while they rifle through it. I, I know that they love the discovery, but for me it was um, really difficult. So I was trying to see how I could kind of solve all these problems. So I spoke to Jess Watts, who's an amazing Sydney artist, who I had got to speak for the CWC, and she said, well, what do you see as a solution? And I said, well, what about a space? We won't call it a gallery because it isn't technically a gallery a space where we can all merge our ideas but I didn't want it to be an artist-run space you know uh, that's a bit of a shambles and you know a bit peace among being and I wanted it to be a commercial um, entity Uh, we are business people that was really important to me so for with content creation and all those sorts of things so I thought to get 13 artists together let's see how that looks so that's what we managed to do and then I got them to come to a meeting and said look this is what I'm thinking I'm not a business person what do you reckon um and and that went really really well everyone brought different skills to it so the idea of our gallery is to yes have shows there so that people can come and see our artwork and you know as I've said I've got a show opening next week but it's also about merging with other creatives to make really beautiful, accessible content. So I know quite a few people who create, you know, make um, uh, furniture or their florists, things like that, and they're needing 
content always um, for, for their social media or for their businesses. And if we can collaborate to make beautiful content, we all rise together. Mm. And you get to meet really interesting people and they inspire you. And if we're all doing admin and opening our studios and doing all those sorts of things, if we combine, maybe, just maybe, we'll get another two days in our studios and be successful from the group. So that was right. a, yeah, is that too long? Yeah, no, terrific. No, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's really fascinating. So um, it Tell us where this Sydney Road Gallery is exactly and, and how many days a week is it open? The Sydney Road Gallery is at Seaforth on Sydney Road. Um, the reason why it was there, a lot of the best decisions in my life always happen a little bit quickly. So I was at my framer, so I'm with Art Smart at Seaforth. They're amazing. They do an incredible <laughs> job. And um, I was speaking with James, who's had a huge amount of contact with artists over the years, and I was asked, uh, we were just talking, he said, oh, you're mad, Fee. He's been wanting me to do prints. And he said, you just you just need to do prints because, you know, they're selling well, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, I'd really like to open a gallery. This is my idea. Mm-hmm. I, and I just said, well, maybe in a year or two. And he went, no, a year or two won't work. Come downstairs with me. And he took me straight to the real estate and he said, there's a spot out the front. Um, they're going to pull the building down in a little while. It's pretty cheap. Just sign there and this will oh. happen. Oh, and I wow. just, I just, yeah, so I had a chat with the um, real estate, then got the 13 artists together. I kept thinking it wouldn't happen, you know, if something really uh-huh. big would happen that meant that we couldn't, you know, maybe there was, you know, some bank or something that would say we couldn't do it. And anyway, we managed to sign the lease and get the gallery open um, in 10 days. Oh, my goodness, that's incredible. It was insane, but the energy of those artists was something to behold. They really owned it. They got really excited about it. They brought their skills to it. And, of course, all of the artists that we asked are amazing as artists, but just to know that they had all these other skills was incredible. Mm. Fantastic. So there was a whole collaboration of, of energy and skills and things that went into that. And t- tell us when the gallery's open. Oh, the, the gallery's open um, on a Thursday to Saturday, 10 till 4, and then it's open on a Sunday from 9 till 12. But when each of the artists have their solos, they um, often have little private events in there as well that goes out to our mailing list. So whether I think Debbie had a workshop last week um, there's there's a morning tea coming up next week. Okay, so there's lots of different uses for that that space and, and people can find it at uh, sydneyroadgallery.com, I think. Is that right? That's right. Yep, that's exactly awesome. right. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. I think that's an amazing achievement and really just really inspirational to hear, you know, in terms of, I suppose there's a lot of, I hear a lot of chat around the place that all oh, galleries are closing, you know, like major galleries are closing or amalgamating and then you hear stories like yours and and from my experience, Art Gallery on Darling and Belmay, you know, it's been a fantastic success and artists are selling and it actually works. So I think it's really inspirational for people to Thank hear you. that. And I, I encourage... Yeah, I was just going to say I encourage people if they're on the northern beaches in Sydney or passing through Seaforth, you know, to drop in and check it out and and go and have a look in the chat to some of the artists involved. Thank you. And it's easy. We are part of a big art market, so a lot of our artists are represented by other galleries elsewhere as well, and so they're interested in us um, from that partnership point of view as well. So the conversation just keeps going. 
Yeah, fantastic stuff. And in terms of, of, of you, obviously we can see and find you at, at that Sydney Road Gallery, but um, I know your Instagram account is, is probably your preferred kind of contact for people to see your work or even contact you. Is that is that right? Yeah, I find that really um, immediate and I'm, I'm quick to answer on Instagram. I do have a website um, which is fionacate.com.au as well, but I find Instagram, you make so many friends and you... I know, you get to chat to people very, very it's easily. Just, it's just fantastic for artists, isn't it? It's definitely my favourite one too, yeah. Great. Yeah, def- definitely an awesome way to, to network and just, yeah, just sort of, I don't know why, it just feels more friendly. I, I sometimes feel it just feels more friendly even the Facebook and things like that and it might just probably be something in my head but for some reason I, I find there's a really lovely kind of art community on, on Instagram. So if you're an artist listening in and you haven't got onto Instagram yet, do so and uh, get on and, and follow some people like Fiona uh, because uh, she does some gorgeous work. She's an inspirational artist for us in so many ways and all the things that she's doing. She's got a beautiful entrepreneurial spirit, which I just love and resonate with quite clearly. So uh, from us here at This Creative Life Fiona Chandler, it's been really awesome to speak to you. I really want to thank you very much for being so beautifully open and willing to share your story, your process and uh, inviting us into your studio, which is I know where you're sitting at the moment um, while we're interrupting whatever it is you're getting on with today. But it's been really great and uh, thanks so much for being part of the podcast today and thanks for being such a fan and a listener to the podcast because I know you mentioned that to me the other day and I was very chuffed that you were Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, I love it. Everyone should listen to the one about the competitions. It's really good. Oh, the, one, the one about the competitions. I get so much feedback about that one. I can't remember what episode number that is, but people can find that out. That's that's fantastic. Thanks so much. Thank you, Fiona. Look, all the very best with the show coming up at the gallery uh, with your future projects and work, and uh, we'll be watching you very keenly. And um, sometime soon we'll either catch up again at a Creative Women's Circle meeting or we might even meet in one of our galleries, Belmain or Seaforth, you never know. <laughs> well, your show's this weekend. You should say that too. <laughs> my, my, my show, yeah. Oh, there's a lot happening at, at uh, down in Balmain there for me all the time. Yeah, it's a hungry little gallery, that one. We, it makes it work really hard. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I've always been parts of things down there. But, look, thanks again. We'll let you get back to the studio work and we wish you all the very best. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're feeling really ready to jump into your creative life. If you'd like more information about my inspiring 12-week online program to seriously unblock your creative life, pop on over to my website, felicityoconnor.com, and go to the Work With Me page. If you're after a super friendly, helpful community of creative people to hang out with, you must check out my amazing Facebook group called From The Easel and join hundreds of artists and creative people that have discovered that they don't have to take this journey alone.